Open your Bible studies to lesson four. This is just plain old fun. It's, the name of the lesson is Biblical Ways That God Heals. And what we're going to look at are five or six different ways that the Bible shows God healing. Now, we know God can work in so many ways, and we're not putting him in a box. But if he healed this way in the Bible, it goes to, I can't think of the word I'm using. It's, it's true that he's still doing it today, right? Whatever he did when Jesus was on this earth, he's still doing today because Jesus hasn't changed. So these are some specific ways that God heals. And this is what's so, so exciting for me. When we step out and do what the apostles did in the, in the church, when the church was birthed, the same thing happens here. One of my favorite quotes is, more people are healed when we pray for more people. So do it. Pray for more people. Get in that place of just saying, okay, God, here I am. And we make room for God to move. That's what we do. We simply make room for God to move. And he is so ready. He yearns to move. He yearns to come and and just pour out his, his blessing on us every time we're together. And even when we're not together, he can do it in your home, in your private privacy of your home, or in the conference room at school. Okay, foundation one. The first way that we're going to look at that God heals is through laying on of hands. Would you please open with me in your Bible to Mark chapter 16? Mark chapter 16. We're going to go to the end of the chapter, starting with verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Okay, let's unpack this a little bit. At the beginning it says these signs will follow those who believe. These signs will follow those who believe. Now, there are a lot of believers who call themselves believers who believe in Jesus, but they don't believe that Jesus still moves today. They don't believe that Jesus still heals. Or maybe they say that he can, but will he? There's a question. This is Cindy's take on this scripture from Jesus. I think that signs follow believing believers. Believers who believe that God still does this today. Um, You guys probably know that Bill Johnson is one of my, the people that I really listen to and read his books and and just really look up to as a mighty man of God right now in in the world. And he puts people in three categories. He talks about um, believing unbelievers. Believing unbelievers. Actually, a lot of miracles happen to believing unbelievers. Bill Johnson trains his people to go out into the world and pray. So they'll go to the mall, they'll go to the grocery store, they'll go all over, and they'll see people that have a need. You can usually see them. You know, you see people that look like they're in pain or maybe that they have some sort of a, a, a disability or whatever. And these people in the school of ministry will go up to these believing unbelievers. They're not even believers. And they'll talk to them and say, can I pray for you? And they'll pray and they'll get healed. Because... 
they're saying, well, what do I have to lose? Yeah, go ahead, pray for me. And they'll get healed. They're, they're, they may not even be people that read the Bible or go to church or know that Jesus is their Lord, but they get healed. Then there's the unbelieving believers. <laughs> the unbelieving believers, those that, that know Jesus. Maybe they read the Bible. Maybe they go to church every Sunday. But, oh, my goodness, I don't know about those, those people that are off on the deep end. That, you know, they think God still does miracles today. Unbelieving believers. I'm a believing believer. Raise your hand. <laughs> Say, me too. <laughs> I'm a believing believer. Signs follow those who believe. And these are the signs, some of the signs that Jesus talks about in the Bible. He says, in my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will cast out demons. That's still for today, guys. When, I, when I've studied this out, that is, is very broad. Um, and we, we're not going to spend, a, a, that could be another whole session. But anytime we ex- exercise our authority as believers, that's what we're doing. Anytime we say, we stand up and we say, Jesus, you defeated the enemy. It's a done deal. And I, and I choose to exercise my authority right now over whatever this thing is. That's what we're doing. We're doing exactly what this verse said. We're believing God for who he is and we're saying, okay, I refuse that thing. I refuse that thing. I speak against it. We are taking authority and we're casting out the oppression of the enemy. Okay, the second one says they will speak with new tongues. We're going to do a whole session on the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit on the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. But I believe that this scripture is talking more than just speaking in tongues. I believe it's talking about the, the, um, the Holy Spirit that we have access to as believers. Believers have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit within us for us. I need the Holy Spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit upon us to be a witness and to talk about Jesus and to talk about the goodness of God and to be the light of Christ in the world. So we have the Holy Spirit. That's something, that's a sign that follows believers. People know you're a believer because they see the Holy Spirit working in you, even if you're doing nothing but, you know, shopping and having patience when everybody else isn't. The Holy Spirit is in us. The third one says that they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Well, we're not going to pick up rattlesnakes. I mean, unless you have a word to do that, which, you know, be very careful. But I do believe this means we're protected. And stuff is, like I've told you this before, I mean, I work in a school with germs everywhere and viruses everywhere. I refuse to let those things come into my body. I'm protected. Let me give you a teeny example of this. This week, I made a huge mistake, and I um, opened one of those spam... I didn't open a spam email. I replied to it because it looked real. And I... Kent was out of town, and I didn't know what to do, and it was... I was afraid that if I didn't respond, I was going to... It was with a charge card thing, and I thought I was going to, you know, have this huge charge put on my charge card. Anyway, 
I made a mistake and I replied to it. And, and then I called Kent <laughs> and he had to clean up my mess. And um, he called Discover and of course it wasn't real. And, he, and the Discover people said this is a huge spam and you know, now they've got your um, information and all that. Well, immediately my uh, email service rejected it. It didn't get sent. It was undeliverable. That's what God does with his kids. He protects them. He protects them. And I did immediately. I, as soon as I found out what I'd done, the mistake I'd made, he was on the phone with me. I was at school and he was in up north. And I, nobody was in my classroom. And I started speaking. I said, no weapon formed against us will prosper. We will have no problem with our computer or with our charge card or with anything else. And I spoke over it right away. Believing believers are protected, are protected. And the last part of the scripture says, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. This is one of the ways that God heals. You see us do it all the time. We lay hands on the sick all the time. We lay hands and believe and agree with you. Next week, I'm going to teach us addendum lesson that's not in this book and it's called understanding the power of god and we're going to talk in great depth about the laying on of hands and about the administration of the power of god when we lay hands on the on people for prayer it's awesome i don't want to go into too much depth now other than the fact the truth that god heals through the laying on of hands very often, it's not immediate. We're going to talk about miracles and the gifts of healing in a minute, which very frequently are immediate. But the, the laying on of hands isn't always immediate healing. But think about healing in the natural. This is healing in the supernatural. But in the natural, healing takes place over time. It often happens that way in the spiritual, where you'll feel, sometimes you'll feel something. What's your first name? Julia, sometimes you'll feel it right away. Sometimes you won't. That doesn't mean that God's not working mightily. The power of God is there working mightily to, to heal. Um, my first experience with laying on of hands was the first time that I came to a healing meeting. And you, um, when I came to the meeting, I, was, I had a lot of pain. I believe it was a spirit of pain because I was diagnosed with cancer and the pain started immediately. It wasn't before I was diagnosed, it was after. And it was about a week after the diagnosis that I went to the healing meeting. And when I walked into that meeting, I had a ton of pain. Couldn't stand up. And they, there was a praise and worship service and I was standing during the praise and worship holding onto the pew in front of me and just saying, when is this gonna end? And the service was very long. I, at the end of the service, they had prayer, laying out of hands and prayer. And I went and had that prayer I didn't have any relief. I went home in just as much pain as I went to the service in. Laying on of hands sometimes isn't immediate. The next day, it was a Friday night, the healing service was on a Friday night. The next day, the pain was less. I went through the day. By Sunday, the pain was completely gone. The laying on of hands is one of the way that, ways that God heals. Very often it's, it's a gradual healing. And what I'm going to teach next week is that that power 
is working mightily in you. When we lay hands on you, I'm confident. I have great expectation. Tonight, I pray for a creative miracle. I have great expectation that God's taken body parts from heaven and put them in your bodies here. I believe the power of God works mightily through the laying out of hands. Okay. The very next verse in Mark 16, this isn't one of the foundations, but I want you to write it in your book. Another way that healing occurs is through the Word of God. When the Word of God is taught or spoken or shared or talked about among one another, the power of God is available to heal in the atmosphere where the Word is being spoken. Look at what this scripture says right here. This is verse um, 19 and 20. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. God was confirming the word that they were speaking, his word, through signs and wonders. You gave me a word of prophecy last week. What's your first name? Kim. We we give a mic to Kim. Do you remember what you what you spoke? I remember that part of it. I was praying with Kim last week. Do you want to share? Do you want me to? Go ahead because you Okay, well this is the one part that I do remember. I, I wish I would have had something to write it with, but um Kim was I was praying for her and and the Lord started giving her a word for me. And one of the words that she spoke was And it was exactly what we're talking about. God spoke to me and he said that people will be healed miraculously through me teaching his word. Completely healed. No laying on of hands necessary. They'll just sit there and get healed. I've seen it. I've already seen God do that. But, but God said he's going to do it more and more and more and more. Let's look at another scripture that shows how this happened in the new church in the book of Acts. Turn to Acts chapter 14, please. I just get excited when I look at how God heals. Okay, chapter 14, Acts 14, starting with verse 3. So Paul and Barnabas stayed on there for a long time, speaking freely and fearlessly and boldly in the Lord, who continued to bear testimony to the word of his grace granting signs and wonders to be performed by their hands. The word was confirmed. The word of his grace was confirmed. Last week we talked about the huge gift of grace, far outweighing the fall of man. And the word confirms, the word is confirmed through the signs and the wonders. I want to look at a couple more scriptures about the word. The first one is Psalm 107, verse 20. Psalm 107, verse 20. He sends forth his word and heals them and rescues them from the pit and destruction. He sends forth his word and heals them 
and rescues them from the pit and destruction. I claim right now that the word of God heals us and rescues us from the pit. So if you feel right now like you're in a pit of of uh, stress or strife or burden or a relationship problem, the pit doesn't have to be sickness. Whatever that pit is, God says he sends his word to get you out of that pit. He sends his word to heal. His word is powerful. When his word is spoken right now, right now as we're speaking this particular word, there is an anointing to receive the healing that goes with this word. That that promise is fulfilled. Say, I receive it. I receive it. Okay, now go to John chapter 1. The Gospel of John chapter 1. The Word and Jesus are one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I'm going to skip down to verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that Word became flesh and dwelt in the glory. His glory is His manifest presence. The the definition of glory that I love is that on earth, The atmosphere that we breathe is air. But in heaven, the atmosphere is glory. And the glory is manifest here through his word. And that's why healing happens in the midst of his word being spoken and shared. And you don't have to sit and listen to a sermon to receive it. You can be at home with the Word, reading the Word, talking to God about the Word, talking to your mom about the Word, or talking to your husband about the Word, or talking to your friend about the Word, about what God's speaking. It's powerful. This Word is alive and powerful. It's not just words on a page. So, number one, laying on of hands, one way that God heals. Number two, the Word of God is another way that God heals. Foundation two, this is the third way that God heals according to the Bible, and it's called the healing gift of the Spirit. Will you please turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12? 1 Corinthians. You're going to hear Cindy's childlikeness coming out as I teach this because these, these all run together to me. You know, the laying on of hands and the healing gift of the Spirit and the miracles, they kind of all go together, but I don't care. God's doing it. God loves us so much. They kind of meld together because God does that. I love it how if, you know, somebody said, I was talking to somebody yesterday about a decision they have to make about, um, about what they're going through right now. And I says, well, you know, it really doesn't matter because, you know, you think you're hearing from God, so go that way. And, you know, if that's not God's best, he'll come around another way. Or he'll, you know, he loves us so much. If there's not just one way. So this is called... 
the gift of healing and the gift of miracles. So let's look at this, starting with verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Holy Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So this is talking about the manifestation of the Spirit. Manifestation means it's, it's coming to, to pass right here, right now, in front of our eyes. And it happens in many ways. What is the purpose of the manifestation of the Spirit? According to the scripture, um, you want to back up one screen, Tom? Look at the verse 7. Yes. It's to build us up, to edify us, to build up the body of Christ. Many times when we have, um, in, in this setting, when we have a little healing meeting going on and we start praying for people and laying hands on the people, if somebody receives uh, something, you know, a healing or uh, they, they have the, the presence of God, it's like... You know, we all get excited. We all are built up and our, our own expectation rises. And God is glorified. And God is glorified in the midst. And this happens as the Spirit wills. This doesn't mean that this person only has this gift and this person only has this gift. Those gifts are for all of us. Those manifestations of the Holy Spirit are for all of us. And what I've learned through um, taking, uh, stepping out of my comfort zone, because literally that's what I do a lot. I step out of my comfort zone because it's way easier sometimes not to, not to take a step out and, and say something that you think, God, this, this is really weird. But when you take a step out, God's there. And God takes over. And he starts speaking, and it's not you anymore. It's not me anymore. It's the Holy Spirit through you. Now, there's a couple of the, the different manifestations of the Spirit that you've seen happen in here. And one of them that we've seen is the word of knowledge, the words of knowledge. And words of knowledge are when it's, it's God revealing to us what he wants to give or what he wants to to share with the body of Christ. And that's, I mean, that's what's on this little piece of paper that I bring in. And I, I always seek God, you know, so that I, I say, God, is there anything, you know, that you want me to share? And I just pray in tongues and lean into God and then have paper ready for whatever he wants to share. And sometimes I think, God, I, you know, is this you or is this me? I don't always know. But again, I just step out of that place of not knowing if I know and saying, God, you know, so I'm just going to trust you. When words of knowledge go forth, they can powerfully minister to the people. I know, Tom, I believe you received a major healing through a word of knowledge, didn't you? Why don't you tell everybody about that just a little bit? 
was actually the first time that we came to Life Christian Church. Um, we didn't know anybody, and um, come to find out it was the first time that we had a service on Friday evening. And uh, Pastor, I call her Marie, but yeah. Pastor Sarah uh, was still here, and uh, I had actually um, received uh, great news you know, that I had been healed, but symptoms were returning, fear was setting in, and I had uh, real bad pain in my lower stomach area. And uh, we came in and sat down and said, you know, so Pastor Sarah was in the front pew and after the service started, she stood up. Before she even turned around, she uh, said that there's somebody here that has a pain that we've got to deal with right now. And the Lord's telling me there's uh, somebody here with a pain. And she turned, turned around and she had her hand in the exact spot that I was experiencing, yeah. experiencing the pain. Praying had been praying for a word for me that would solidify my position, you know, that I was healed, that it would seal the evil, basically. I was already healed, but it was the enemy that was trying to come and steal away from me. Yes. You know, putting fear in me. And if I had bought into it and, and just kept dwelling on that mm-hmm. pain, you know, something would mm-hmm. return. But as soon as that happened, that changed everything for me. And uh, it took me a second, but I raised my hand. I was going to raise my hand. She laid hands on me, and that pain left immediately. She told me what to do, but if we turn and try to come back the next day, and I said, oh, no, you're not fooling me this time. Amen. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. Pain, you've got to go. You don't come back. The pain left, and then you return. Amen. 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 Is that awesome? So here Tom is. He had already received healing. He had already received his good report, and the enemy was trying to put symptoms back on him. I've been there. Have you been there? Anybody else been there? The word of knowledge was exactly what he needed to build his faith up to say, okay, (laughs) enemy, you lose, I win. And his wife had been praying that that word would come through, and it did. A few weeks ago, Tom prayed a similar prayer to that here. He was praying for one of their friends who was coming who had something going on in her breast. She had a a lump. She had to have a a biopsy, all that stuff. It was Franz and Tom's from from their, uh, somebody that they knew pretty well. And Tom prayed. He prayed that God would give me a word of knowledge for that person. And he did. And he did. And I had a word, and I've never heard spoken it before. It was about a, a lump in the breast. And you know, if you've been here for a while, I had never spoken that before. I did that very night. And she, same thing. She was like, oh, dumbstruck with the gl- amazing love of God speaking to her directly to her that's what words of knowledge are friends that's what they are they're words right from god to you because he loves you so much and she received it and she went and she got a perfect report the the mass that she had on her breast the doctor told her because you know how they do an alt ladies you know they do an ultrasound first they do the mammogram then they do the ultrasound then they do some kind of a fine needle biopsy then they might do another biopsy that's kind of the protocol and they had done all of the previous stuff and the doctor said, that's cancer. He didn't tell her that, or I, don't, I think it was a female doctor. She didn't tell her that until afterwards, but they see it a lot. And she said, that's cancer. It wasn't. When they took the biopsy, it was completely not. It was benign. That's because God was in it. God put his super on her natural. 
Amen. So words of knowledge. Gifts of healings. We've already talked a little bit about gifts of healings and how sometimes they take place over time. But a miracle, I want to talk about a miracle for a minute. We've had lots of miracles in here. A miracle, I'm going to give you Cindy's definition. A miracle is an instant healing. They're great. Love those. But it's also when whatever happens defies all medical odds. When what happens in your body, or it doesn't have to be a physical thing, it can be in your finances, it can be, you know, in any area, it defies all odds. Lisa, what did you want to say? Or were you just praising God? Praising God, okay. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. So miracles, another gift of the Spirit or manifestation of the Holy Spirit, that's another way that God heals. Let's see what examples can I give you. Oh, my goodness. Martha had one. Raise your hand, Martha. This was a while ago. You're still in my notes. This was a while ago. We were back in the other building um, having our, our, our healing classes, and Martha came up for prayer. And we laid hands on her, and she had vertigo. And the vertigo was so bad that she was, you know, just very overtaken with the imbalance and with the dizziness and with the nausea and all that stuff. You guys know what vertigo is, most of you? And she came up. We prayed for her, and immediately she had a miracle because it was gone. Immediately. It was a, a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, immediate healing. There's a woman, um, this is an awesome one, way back in uh, Pastor Tim's church. This is a couple years ago. There was a woman who came in with a heart um, uh, failure so bad that she, the doctors gave her nothing Nothing that they could do. No surgery, no stints, no anything. It was, it was not treatable. And her heart was so bad she could do nothing. Nothing. She couldn't cook. She couldn't get up. She couldn't walk up her stairs. She could barely move. She was so restricted because her heart was so, so bad. You guys remember this, Tom and Fran? And um, at the end of the service, some of the ministers prayed for her. You know who it is, don't you? See, I don't know who it is. They know him. It's, it's from their old church. But I know that the, the healing, the ministry, couple of people from the ministry team, I think it was two ladies, prayed over her. She was immediately, completely healed. Completely healed. And she knew it. She could feel it because all of a sudden she could breathe with ease. She got up and started doing things she couldn't do. Jumping and running and dancing and amazed amazed at the glory of God. And she was back the next week testifying. She was able to do everything she could do. Her heart was healed. That's a miracle. So, yeah. I, was, I think I told you guys this last week, but I was at lunch and a teacher out of the blue said, asked me, so you think you got healed just by praying? <laughs> no preface to the conversation. That was, that was lunch. We're eating our lunch. And so you really think. And then her second question was, have you ever seen anybody else get healed? <laughs> it was a fun lunch. I got to share all sorts of good testimonies. So the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, miracles, words of knowledge, all sorts of things, supernatural faith. These work together. Many times when a word of knowledge goes forth, especially if somebody receives a healing right then, faith rises. And a gift of faith, they're awesome. A gift of faith is when 
you, like I, I had when I prayed for you. I pray for a lot of people and I believe with all my heart that God's working. I don't always see it right away, but when I prayed for you, it was like, okay, she's receiving. I know it. I just knew it. A gift of faith is that. You just know that it's, it's done. It's done. Sometimes it's the person praying. Sometimes it's the person that's receiving prayer or both. But a gift of faith is just, it's, it's done. It's done. You know it. Okay. Foundation three. Would you turn in your Bibles to Acts 19, verse 11? This is another way that God heals through the prayer cloth. Acts 19. We're going to read a couple of different scriptures. This is the most common one. Actually, you know what? I think... Let's look, let's look at this one first because it's already up there. I think I already went beyond it. Let's go back to Matthew 9. Is that the first one, Tom? Sorry, I got out of order. Let's look at a couple of other ones first and then we'll look at the Acts 19. Matthew 9. Talking about the anointing held in cloth. This is, sorry, verse 20. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. She was sozoed. That word is sozo. She was sozoed from that hour. She was saved, healed, and delivered from that hour. She knew that if she could just touch the hem of his garment. Now, if you do a word study, I don't want to go into too much depth right now, but if you do a word study on that hem of his garment, that was the fringe of his prayer shawl. And the Jewish prayer shawl the fringe of the prayer shawl signifies all the promises of God. When she went and said, if only I can touch his garment, I'll be healed. It, it was her saying, I'm receiving that promise. I'm receiving everything, everything that God has for me. And she did. And he said, your faith has made you well. Let's look at another one that's very similar. The next scripture is uh, Matthew 14 at the end of the chapter. Verse 35. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all that surrounding region and brought to him all who were sick and begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were made perfectly whole. Same thing. The hem of his garment, the fringe of his prayer shawl, the promises. A lot of times there's this point of contact thing. And <laughs> I got prayer class. And you know that you know that you know that if you get that, that point of contact, that you're going to receive the promise. You're going to receive God's promise. There is also an anointing that can be held in cloths. So I see it as twofold. And again, this is the childlikeness of Cindy. Sometimes I'm, I have some simplicity. But 
There, there is anointing. There can be anointing contained in cloth. And I also believe the point of contact is something that's very, very powerful. Just knowing that there's something there. That's why laying of hands on of hands is also very powerful. That might be where your faith is. That you just need that point of contact. So let's look at the Acts 19 scripture. This is the one in the the newly birthed church after Jesus raised was raised from the dead. So the other ones were Jesus, but this is the apostles. Eleven and twelve. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Um, last time I was teaching this lesson, um, somebody had asked me for prayer cloths. Somebody on the internet asked if we would send prayer cloths, and um, I, I came here, and it wasn't. I actually wasn't even teaching this lesson. But I had some prayer cloths, and I wanted them close to me because I wanted the, the instead of sitting on the, the step over there, I wanted them close to me so that I, I believed that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would be moving into them. And I didn't tell any of you guys, but I had a slacks on, and I just kind of put half a dozen or so in the waistband of my slacks, and I went on my teaching, and then afterwards I was going to put them in the mail and send them to the lady. Well, at the end of class, this woman came over. I don't remember who it was. She came over from the main church, and she, everybody had left, and she said, Cindy, do you have any prayer cloths? <laughs> this is how good God is. And I um, <laughs> lifted up my shirt. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and she had come over, and she, wanted, she was, wanted the pastors to pray over some prayer cloths, but she wasn't able to contact them after the service. So she came over here because she figured we'd have prayer cloths. That's how good God is. He knows exactly where we're at and what our need, need is. And, you know, so I gave her the, the prayer cloth. And I don't know the rest of the story, but God knows. And his, you know, his touch was there. And then I sent, you know, because I had several of them. So then I sent some to Florida as well. <laughs> I don't know. You can pray over it. We all have, we all have the anointing. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Okay, would you please turn with me to James chapter 5? We're just about done. I think, let me look. We're definitely not going to finish this lesson. Let's go to James, James chapter 5 and then we'll see whether we do one more or not. This is the call of the elders, the anointing of oil, the fervent prayer. This is another way that God heals. Okay, sorry, it took me a while to find it. We're going to start with verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. The word is sozo. And the prayer of faith will save, heal, and deliver the sick. The word save is sozo. And the prayer of faith 
will save, heal, and deliver the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I just feel like I need to go here for a minute. Um, It talks about if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. And then it says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. This whole thing about being saved, healed, and delivered, a big part of that is letting go of lies. A lot of times if you have junk in your life, it might be from today, it might be from history, it might be from other people, it might be from you. But if you have junk in your life, maybe abuse or maybe, um, you know, broken hearts or whatever, if you have junk in your lives, you can be believing lies. You can be believing things like, you're not worthy. And that's a lie. I believe that's why the scripture talks about confessing your trespasses one to another and why it talks about forgiveness of sin and then healing. Because when you're in a position of getting rid of the lies and receiving God's truth, then that, you know, where Jesus, the scripture that says that Jesus came to set the captives free, that's what's happening. You're being set free. And the door to receiving and believing, believing and receiving is, is wide open. So let's back up a little bit. The prayer, the call of the elder says, um, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. An elder of a church is anybody who's spiritually mature. Okay? Fred, as he walks out of here, is an elder if you want to call it, of a church because he is spiritually mature. He is a chaplain at Crittenden Hospital and he goes and he prays for the sick all the time. He's not a pastor. You don't have to be a pastor. If you are a person who believes, a believing believer, if you are a mature spiritual person, that's who this is talking about. Ken and I go and pray all the time. Fran and Tom go all the time. All of our ministry team, when they get phone calls from loved ones or friends or family, they go to the hospital and they pray. And this is exactly what we're doing. So how are we praying? It says in this scripture, it talks about oil. We're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about the fervent prayer and we're going to talk about the anointing oil. There's nothing magic about anointing oil. Anointing oil is First of all, it's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's the one that does the healing. It's not us. It's God through us. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. This is really cool. In the Old Testament, when something was anointed, it was consecrated for a specific function. Okay? All of the priestly tools and things that they used in the sacrificial system were anointed with oil. And they were set aside. They were consecrated for a specific function. When a person is anointed with oil, when we pray for you and anoint you with oil and we pray for healing, you are in that position of being consecrated, set apart for healing, for a specific holy function. 
So when we pray over you and anoint you with oil, that's what we're doing. It's also a beautiful symbol of the Holy Spirit. So we often anoint with oil. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's awesome. <laughs> you can't wash oil. That's right. That's right. That's good, Elise. Okay. Um, and the last thing I want to mention about this particular scripture, it says that the fervent, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Mm. That word, I looked up the word fervent. And that word is operative. <laughs> Love it. Operative and effectual. In other words, it, it has power. It, there's an effect. When you pray that fervent prayer, that prayer that believes, the believing believer prays, it's effectual. There's an effect. There's a good effect. It's, it's powerful. It's operative. I, I, again, was just looking at the word and I saw fervent. And I was thinking, fertile. It's a fertile prayer. It reproduces itself. So you might pray and that seed is planted. That seed of truth is planted and it takes root and it grows and it produces the fruit of healing or the fruit of, of whatever it is that we're praying for. The last word of the scripture says it avails much. That word is dunamis in the Greek. And the word dunamis is power, power-packed, dynamite, dynamic in its working, miracle-working power. Oh, I got to stop right there. Miracle-working power. That's good. That's good. I pray right now. In fact, I want you guys to pray with me, especially the ministry team. I want you to just join in and pray. We're going to pray fervently right now. I pray right now that the healing power of God is just falling on this place in the people in the name of Jesus. I pray right now that all needs are raised up to heaven and left with you, Jesus. You say in your word that you care for us carefully and you care for us watchfully and you care for us lovingly. My God, you yearn to heal. You yearn to set us free. You yearn to make us whole. I thank you, Father, for your gift of sozo, <laughs> saved and healed and delivered. This scripture right here says that that's what happens, that the prayer of faith will save the sick. Father God, we pray the prayer of faith right now. We believe. Say that. I believe. I believe. I believe. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Say that. My prayer of faith will heal the sick. My prayer of faith will heal, save, and deliver. My prayer of faith is effectual. My prayer is fervent. And a fervent prayer is effectual. And a fervent prayer is operative. I thank you, God, that when I pray the prayer of faith, things happen. Not because of me, but because of you. I give you free reign, Father God. I give you free reign, Holy Spirit, to save, to heal, and to deliver. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
Okay, I think we better stop because it's 8.25. So we'll finish this next week. We'll talk more about um, ways God heals next week. Our ministry team tonight is prepared to um, do what God did, do what Jesus did when he was walking this earth. Anoint you with oil. Pray over a prayer cloth with you. Lay hands on you. We may have words of knowledge for you. Whatever God, where, where the Holy Spirit leads, it's up to Him. Come expecting. When you come for prayer, come expecting. So I close this meeting right now with a blessing. I thank you, Father, for blessing everybody here, keeping them safe and sound, and showing them, Abba, Father, that you yearn to take care of them, that you yearn to make them whole, that you yearn to make yourself known to them in a deeper way than you've ever made them known before. And Father, may they carry you on their, on their shoulder, <laughs> in their heart too, but on their shoulder so that wherever they go, you're there ready and, and able and they let you take care of them. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you would look back at Biblical Ways to Receive Healing, which is Lesson 4 in your Bible study, if you don't have a Bible study, if you would like to uh, borrow one, you're welcome to borrow one. Just raise your hand and we'll have somebody bring it to you if you don't have a copy. Okay, it looks like we're good there. Okay, last week we talked about Biblical Ways that God Heals. Love to talk about the ways God heals. I love to see the way God heals, and we do. We do. We have seen all of these um, amazing moves of God through the, the years that we've ministered many, many, many times. Um, we talked about foundation one. We talked about the laying on of hands. We're going to go into in-depth about the laying on of hands tonight in part two of our teaching. We talked about the healing gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of healings, the gifts of miracles, the gifts of the words of knowledge, and um, the gift of faith, and the gift of um, uh, uh, tongues and interpretation of tongues, and all of the gifts of the Spirit, and that healing is manifest as the Spirit wills. In Foundation 3, we talked about the prayer cloth and the anointing upon the prayer cloth that is um, another way that God heals. We talked about the prayer of faith and the call, I'm sorry, the call of elders and calling them to get, uh, uh, calling somebody from the church to come and pray for you. And in the Bible, it talks about being anointed with oil. So we talked about all of this stuff last week. And where we left off was Foundation 5 on page 28. So will you turn there, please? We're going to look at the prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement is another way that our amazing God heals. Would you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18? Matthew 18. Oh, Father, we just bring this day to you, this evening to you, and we release it to you. We submit to you. I submit to you, Father God. I just thank you. I thank you that you love us so incredibly much that you meet us right where we're at, that you have poured out your love through your son, through his blood, through the gift, 
given so freely of his life for us to attain all that you have for us. Father, today as we share that amazing gift of healing and all of the ways, or at least some of the ways that you heal, Father, may it just stir us up in a way that puts us in a position of receiving, in a position of knowing the heart of our healer. And we ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Okay, Matthew 18. Would you please look at verse 19 and 20 with me? We're going to be talking about the prayer of agreement. In verse 18 it says, or verse 19, it says, Again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. The prayer of agreement. You've heard me pray this probably if I prayed over you several times because I often say, God, here we are. We are in agreement. We agree with you and we agree with one another. And you tell us in your word that when two or three are together, are gathered together and pray in agreement that you're here in our midst and that you hear us and answer our prayers. That's biblical. That's that scripture right there. But that prayer of agreement, there's a couple of important parts about the prayer of agreement. Number one, we need to agree with God when we pray. And number two, we need to agree with one another. We need to truly be in agreement. I believe, and this ministry team, we believe that it is God's will to heal. Always. Always. We have spent the last three or four weeks developing the biblical foundation that yes it is god's will to heal we believe it with all our heart so when we pray with you we're believing we're believing for healing we're not believing for anything less we're not saying well maybe it's god's will maybe it isn't we are a hundred percent in faith knowing the goodness of god knowing his best for you his best for me his best for his kids that he desires for us so praying in agreement means that we truly agree. I have had situations before where there are certain people that I will not pray with because I know they don't agree with me, literally. When I'm praying for somebody where it's a life and death situation and I know a certain person doesn't agree that it's always God's will to heal, I will not pray with them. I had somebody recently that I was praying for. They, they emailed me and wanted me to pray. And I, I texted them back and I said, tell me what they're believing for because I want to pray in agreement. So that agreement may be that the person is going to take uh, chemotherapy. Maybe they're fighting cancer and they're going to take chemotherapy. If that's where they're at, I'm praying that that chemotherapy works supernaturally. And we see it in here all the time, don't we, guys? We see people that take the doctor's protocol and follow it where it's, I call it, supernaturaled, where whatever the doctor expected, it's way better, way better, and the result is perfect. Lisa's a good example. Lisa, raise your hand. Lisa is a woman that goes to Life Christian Church that was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and the, and the, the doctor's uh, report wasn't good at all. She chose to believe God at his word. 
she went through radiation and she went through chemo. And the results, Lisa has shared her testimony before, but the results were far, far better, far better than what the doctor expected. She is completely whole, completely whole. There is no cancer anywhere in her body. That's not what the doctors thought would happen. Doug, raise your hand. Another example. This guy went through what the doctor's protocol was, completely miraculously healed. There was cancer in his spine. It was in several spots in his spine, in his bones. It's now gone. Doctors didn't expect that. So we meet you, we agree with you where you're at and what you're believing for. Okay? It might be, I'm praying with a woman who lives in Arizona. I talked to her yesterday. And she is believing that she, she is not going to take chemo. She has made that choice. She has peace with it. And she is believing God completely pure faith. And she's not planning on taking any medication. So I'm agreeing with her where she's at. And that's how we're praying and talking to God and, and, and agreeing with him. So the prayer of agreement means that you are in agreement. Let me give you another example. My, um, my brother-in-law several years ago had a very, very bad accident. And he fell out of a, a, uh, off of a ladder onto the frozen ground and um, had a very bad injury where his every rib was multiple fractures and his lungs were collapsed and he ended up on a respirator and they didn't even know if he was going to live. Really, really bad accident. And I went immediately, as soon as I found out, I was, happened to be out of the country on a vacation. As soon as I came back, I got the message. And the next day, I was in Grand Rapids with my sister and her husband, and he was in intensive care. And this is what I said to her. I, her name is Mayan. I said, Mayan, what are you believing for? I wanted to pray in agreement with her. And so she told me, of course, she, she was believing her husband was going to recover. Um, and she said... Um, and I think we discussed it before we came to a decision about how to pray, but we discussed it and we decided that we were going to pray that everything was twice as good as what the doctors said. So they would give timelines and, and numbers and places they wanted him to get to in a certain amount of time. And we cut it all in half. And that's what we believed for. That's what we prayed and spoke and believed. And wouldn't you know... Our great big God, our super abundant God that does more than we could ask, dream, desire. It was far better than twice as good as what the doctors expected. I could go on detail by detail by detail. And this is what my sister did that was so awesome. She was very careful about what she spoke. And um, she did the, something that's very common now where she emailed, had email blasts that went out asking for prayer. But I was guiding her through that. And I helped her to know how to talk to people. And so what she did when she did her emails, she told them a specific prayer every day. One specific thing that she was believing God for. And it was very specific. For example, when he wasn't able to breathe oxygen on, her, on his own, she, was, she prayed that he would, um, the, uh, the amount of oxygen that he was able to, whatever, that he had to have would be lowered by a certain percentage. It was very specific. And then she'd put that out in the email. That's all she put out there. Didn't give details about all the stuff that was going on bad in his body. Just about what she was believing for. And 
See, what, what I'm talking about is the prayer of agreement. The next day, she would report back a testimony because every day that prayer was answered. And then she would ask for another little piece of prayer of agreement. Her friends and her loved ones would pray. That prayer was answered. We'd go on to the next thing. And day by day by day by day, her husband was restored completely to normal, completely. That's the prayer of agreement. And we will do that here as we pray for you. We will pray that prayer of agreement with you. It's powerful. I would like to look now at the next verse here, which is verse 20. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified. This is what it says. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, anything and everything they may ask, it will come to be passed and be done for them by my Father in heaven. For wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers into my name, there I am in the midst of them. And I want to focus on, the, on the, the, the name I am. That's one of the names of God. The great I am. But the name I am, actually, if you translate it correctly, it's not I am. It's I am that. And let me explain. Father God says... He says, when two or three are gathered together, there I am that in the midst of them. When two or three gather together and pray for whatever it is they need, it might be healing. There I am that in the midst of them. There I am that God who heals. I'm that. I'm the God who heals. I'm what they need. Here I am that. In the midst of them. If, you're, if you are praying for a restored relationship, God says, here I am. If you agree, if you come together and pray in agreement, here I am, that, that God who, who heals relationships, I am that in the midst of your prayer. You may be praying a, a need for um, finances. God is the great Jehovah Jireh. He provides. And this prayer of agreement, if we pray in agreement, he says, here I am, that God who provides in the midst of your prayer. He is that which we need. And if there's a promise in the word for it, that's who he is for us when we pray in agreement. It is a very powerful prayer. In this Amplified Translation that I just read, it talks about a symphony and a harmony. That's that agreement. If you're a musician at all, you know that when, when music is in harmony, it blends beautifully together, and it's beautiful to your ears. But if it's dissonant, it isn't. It, it, it hurts. <laughs> well, that's what God's saying. If we're not agreeing, just, ah, that hurts my ears. That hurts my heart. He wants us to pray in harmony in like a symphony together in agreement that prayer of agreement is powerful look at us today we have a lot of people here together to agree god says only two there's a lot more than two here so i'm planning on some powerful prayers tonight so the prayer of agreement is another way that god heals 
The next slide, go ahead and go to the next slide, please. Before we look at the last, the, the last way and, and wrap up this lesson, I want to show you this little chart. On the left are, I, I've entitled it passive, passive ways that God heals. And by passive, I mean passive on the, on the, um, from the perspective of the person in need. Passive means that they are passively receiving. They're being prayed for, laying out of hands. The word of God being taught in an environment like this. The healing gift of the spirit as the spirit wills and touches and heals. The prayer cloth, the anointed prayer cloth that maybe the person doesn't even know it's in their pillow <laughs> and they are receiving healing. Maybe they do, but it's, it's just receiving the gift of healing. The call for the elders where somebody may be um, sick and, and people are called to come pray and maybe anoint them with oil. And then the prayer of agreement. Prayer of agreement I put on both because it takes two people to pray the prayer of agreement. But the second column says active. Active. And the one we're going to talk about now, the last one, is the prayer of faith. And we're going to spend lots and lots of time on the prayer of faith in the weeks to come. So I'm just going to touch on it tonight. But the prayer of faith empowered me. When I was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, the prayer of faith, it was, it was a treasure to me. Because I had lots of, of things in the natural saying there was nothing I could do. I had doctors saying there was, you know, it was incurable, the cancer I had. They, you know, they didn't give me a good prognosis. Everything that they told me I could do, I didn't really like the sounds of the treatment plans that they were talking about. But the prayer of faith gave me something I could do, some, a, a step I could take to reach out and, and take this amazing gift, take the amazing gift that God has already provided for me, the prayer of faith. Let's look at the Bible, um, a Bible reference. This is Mark 11, verse 22 through 24. I'm going to open my Bible because I've got lots of little notes written right in my Bible. This is one of my favorite scriptures. I'm going to back up a little bit to um, verse 12. Now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. It's referring to Jesus. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And the disciples heard it. So this tree, this fig tree, it says in the Amplified that in the fig tree, the fruit appears at the same time as the leaves. So Jesus saw the leaves on the trees and anticipated that there would be fruit on it. But when he got close to the tree, there wasn't any fruit on it. And he spoke to the tree and said, let no one ever eat fruit from this tree again. Now I'm going to skip over to verse 20. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. I love that. Dried up from the roots. When I speak to stuff, I call it dried up from the roots. And, and Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, 
The fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And that original word have is actually take. Believe that you actually the word receive believe that you take them and you will have them believe that you will take those things that you speak that you ask that you say and you will have them so in this scripture jesus is talking about faith he says have faith in god and then he says speak to that mountain and believe it in your heart whatever you speak believe it in your heart that's the prayer of faith it's agreeing with god Believing, speaking to it, and receiving. Notice it says, um, uh, and does not doubt in his heart. That whole doubting thing. We're going to talk a lot about that in the next few weeks. That whole doubting thing. It's like, oh, now how am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to speak to something that the doctor says is incurable and believe it without doubting? Well, God has a way. And we're going to explore that we're going to delve into it we're going to help you to know how to grow that faith to know god at his word and trust him at his word no matter what that doctor's report says i believe that this is how i received healing of stage four cancer i believe that that thing called faith and simply believing god at his word and trusting him when nothing made sense in the world when nothing made sense in my body when nothing made sense in the doctor's reports, I trusted God in a very simple childlike way without understanding it in my mind. It doesn't say, it says, it talks about doubting in your heart. It doesn't say about your mind. The prayer of faith is powerful, and we're going to be talking about it in great depth over the next three or four weeks. The words, the world says, Seeing is believing, right? But the word says, see, uh, believing, I've got to get it right. Believing is seeing. And that's what the prayer of faith talks about. Believing it before you see it. And then you'll see it. Okay, the last scripture in this section is James chapter 1. Please, please, please stay tuned I would love to stop right now and just start talking about the prayer of faith. But that is such a huge topic. I want to really give it, I want to do it justice. So please make sure that you're here over the next couple of weeks or listen in if you're not able to be here because that is life-changing. The prayer of faith is life-changing. And it's empowering, like I said. It takes you to that place where there's something you can do when maybe the doctors say there's nothing you can do. James chapter 1, verse 5. This goes right in connection with the prayer of faith. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. 
For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So we're looking at doubt. Faith and doubt. Faith and unbelief. And again, we're going to delve into this very deeply later. But there's one thing I want to say, and then we'll move on. And that is how important it is to be consistent in what you're receiving. Be consistent in what you're reading, what you're listening to, who you're um, surrounding yourself with, because that is one of the ways that we get tossed in the waves back and forth. I know in my situation, my family didn't agree with me. They didn't understand. They weren't getting the same teaching I was. And they didn't believe that it was God's will to heal. They wanted me healed. Of course they wanted me healed. But they didn't know God's will. So I had to be careful about being tossed in the waves of people that didn't agree with me. So this is what I did. I went to a Bible study every week with people that did agree with me. They didn't have a healing class like this then. But I went to a small group where everybody believed and agreed. I went to church on Sunday and I got prayer every week. I had people surrounding me and girding me up and strengthening me. I had what I called my faith friend, a mentor. And she's the one I went to with all my questions and like, oh my gosh, I don't get this. Help me understand this. Or what do I do in this situation? Well, how do I make this decision as far as the medical steps that I had to take? And she helped me in a way that was in line with God's word. So I was very careful about who I surrounded myself with. When I was at work... I continued to work quite a, most of the time I worked. And I, there were things I wouldn't talk about. And again, I'll help you. We'll help you over the next few weeks to know what to say and what not to say and how to speak and how not to speak in a real loving, gentle way. And I learned how to do that. And I just didn't talk about that stuff at, at school. And when people would ask me about how I was doing, I would really simply say, I'm doing really well. God's taking good care of me. And I wouldn't go into details. I wouldn't tell him the doctor's reports. I wouldn't tell him about the next test or the last test. I just didn't do it. So that is a way that you can keep from being tossed back and forth in the waves and being confused. The enemy is the author of confusion, and he wants you confused. That takes you out of faith. That's what the scripture says in James. But staying consistent... Staying in agreement with God's word keeps you in that position of being in one line of teaching and then believing. Hearing the word, hearing the word, hearing the word, and believing the word.